0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: Look at the happiness I once had. What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. Like, do your legs go like
1: when you walk? With Margaret Aples and Amy Wilson.
0: I'm a never nude, I'm never naked. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Don't yuck my yums. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And we're going to talk about, Amy, what's saving us right now. Do you need some (laughs) saving, Amy? Yes. Give me one good thing right now that I can cling to and uh, I'll cling to it. I can't give you one good thing because I have like 900 good things. Although, like all things, some of these are terrible. Some some of these. So we went to our Facebook page. We, of course, asked y'all, what are the small things that are saving you right now? Some of you people are crazy. Like, uh, you know, some of these things are so dreadfully unappealing to me. I could never consider them saves. But that's what makes saves special, Amy. Sometimes (laughs) they work. Sometimes they don't.
1: Don't yuck my yums. Can I give you my working for me right now? Yes. It's It's a blanket by a company called Barefoot Dreams. Uh, not a sponsor. Just love it. I love this blanket so much that I carry it around the house with me from room to room. I can see it. You have, you're not festooned in it. You're, you're cuddled in it right I'm now. i draped waist down in my Barefoot Dreams blanket. It's something about like the weight and the cuddly. We have lots of blankets in our house. This is the one for me it's for all of you get a barefoot dreams blanket it's worth it is it weighted no it's just like it's just like chenille and kind of fluffy and it's it's a little heavier than other blankets super warm what else do you need to know get this blanket
0: uh it's my impossible. i'm gonna give you a competing blanket my sister gave me something called a Baraby weighted blanket oh it's super heavy though when you say weighted blanket like this thing is like 50 pounds i mean it's just so heavy but i, I get in front blanket. of it under a fire. i i've never been a huge weighted blanket fan. i could never sleep under one but this is really weighted and i find um it's my thunder shirt like a dog like i do find <laughs> i like to pull it on me when when times are tough which times are amy all the time these times this one thing is saving me right now right love like i'm it. stuck inside but i have a really cozy blanket uh cara crystal and katie are being saved by their pets okay crystal says cue the crazy dog lady seriously my dog snuggles up never complains is funny likes to go on walks with me her meal prep is super easy and she was thrilled with the one present she received for christmas oh my gosh the pandemic
1: has made me a dog person i was a reluctant so i have a dog named marshmallow she's nine she's been Amy, with us for everyone a everyone knows marshy my god she's um, a hero of the some podcast of our more recent listeners might not know yeah she's she's a great dog I you know was a reluctant dog getter and then a reluctant dog owner and she has so much love to give and I just was always like hey marshmallow like the kids were little I didn't really need somebody else to take care of another being and someone
0: else like drooling on you
1: yeah but she is so like I just have to say like I don't know what we would have done without her to to talk about and talk in her voice and you know she's just the one thing that's always in a good mood around here Thank you. Yeah,
0: I have a cat. So as everyone who's been listening for a while knows, I hate all pets and all animals. Um, we have a cat because we had a rat problem in L.A. and she was the rat killer. And so she was allowed to stay. And I will say I found myself yesterday like I'm falling into the pandemic wormhole because I found myself yesterday taking pictures of the cute things that she was doing and texting them to my son like I've become Uh a maniac. Yep. Yeah. But it is true. I guess it's like the one surprising entity. I don't know what it is about a pet right now, but there is something about pets that is working for us.
1: Kara says watching her fish swim around their tank is the one thing keeping her going right now. I mean, we're it's the little things, people. It's the little things. I'm glad that's working for you, Kara. Yeah. I don't know little. there's a pandemic, people right? love <laughs>
0: fish. Hmm. Yeah. You're all strange. Um, <laughs> Katie says Hugie. And if mm-hmm. you're a podcast listener, go listen to our wintering episode with Catherine May and embrace the winter. But Hugie, for those who don't know, it's cozy. It's the cozy winter feeling. It's a thing it's, now. I feel it's like a we Danish started word. this trend. When you said the word Hugie to me, I'd never heard of it before. And now I feel like everyone's talking about Hugie. I feel like you started Hugie. I think it's like hugh good. There Actually, like there is like, we're, we're all pronouncing it wrong, but it's H-Y-G-G-E.
1: And it's something like Hugie. And it's a Danish word and it just means being cozy yeah it means it means leaning into being cozy like that's something that they really care about.
0: Our house has a fireplace, and uh, I will say that I I'm all about the fireplace like it has to be going at yep. all times I like it it's cozy I slept in on Saturday it's and Hughie. I came out my first words of the day were shrieking at my husband why haven't you lit the fire like <laughs> keep it cozy people what are we yeah. doing it's nine degrees outside today and um I need some Hugie huga, so Katie- higa, whatever it is I need it <laughs> Katie says she's
1: joined a Hugo Facebook group. She says this is going to sound lame. Doesn't sound lame. We've just been talking about it. People post pictures of things they are doing to feel cozy. I find it comforting to see people sitting next to fires, making soup, etc. Correct. You're absolutely
0: correct, Katie. <laughs> Better than fish. Yeah, for me better than fish, but for what you, you, for you, do, than you. Fish. we're not here to yuck people's yums, Amy. No, 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 we're not judging what's getting you through. Um, Kelly is looking back on family vacations, looking oh, at pictures from a family vacation where life is normal, sunshine is fabulous. I keep looking at my pictures to hold on to that vibe. This is a double-edged sword, I think. Oh,
1: this is very interesting to me because we were just talking about last week how usually planning for a vacation, half of the joy is in the anticipation of going. You're not really happier at Disney World than you are thinking about how amazing it's going to be when you go to Disney World, but that, that has been removed from us right now with this sort of dread and stress and uncertainty. So... The way to get that
0: joy is actually to look back five years ago at the like, oh, God, were we simple then? It was a simpler time. Can it be that it was all so simple then? (laughs) Now you're going to make me sing. Um, I'm going to say double edged sword on this. I feel like this on some days it gives me a good, happy feeling. And on other days, it gives me like a very bitter crone feeling like, look at the happiness I once had. So you got to be careful with this one. Okay. all right. Your, your mileage may vary, as they say, Amy. <laughs> Amy, a lot of people are being helped by cleaning and clearing. Foodlets says, hear me okay. out. I've started wiping down the kitchen counters in the evenings right after I put the kids to bed with spray all caps because I'm very fancy and accomplished now. And then I dry everything, including the sink. The kitchen looks and smells so good. It's one little thing that's doable and it gives me satisfaction. I find myself, and I I don't know if it's joyful. I'm doing a lot of shrieking and throwing things away in frenzies. Like my need, because I'm back between the cold and everybody's quarantining and there's nowhere to go, I'm back to like, I'm trapped in this house with these maniacs and I cannot this weekend. It was forced March of cleaning fun. I was like, everyone's room is getting back to one, totally clean, vacuumed, scrubbed. I cleaned out like the utility closet that was full of like cans of soda on the floor and a mop and gone. I I have to have order if we're all going to be stuck in here together.
1: I just did last weekend with my daughter. Um. Similarly, it wasn't as desperate a situation, but we have our den is sort of a, like, hodgepodge of furniture that, like, kind of looks good together with a mirror leaning against the wall that I have been meaning to hang for the last year and a half. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, it's not a mess. It's just not. And my daughter is kind of into HGTV and all that, so, um, and I had her attention. She was in a good mood, and I'm like, let's... Let's make this room look right. And we like, should we do this pillow, or that pillow? We took art down. We moved it around. We we um, judged the bookcase and put stuff on it. And like the room looks like a catalog now. It looks so much better. And it it wasn't that much time. It just was one of those like uh, one of these days, I guess I should do this. And then like, what else am I doing? Let's do it. Nobody's going anywhere. Yeah, and and especially
0: when you're not going places, your living space becomes so important. Sarah says, getting rid of stuff. I've been cleaning out the house like a madwoman, gifting and donating anything we haven't touched in the past two years. We have a very active buy-nothing group in our neighborhood, and I've been able to give away so much stuff. I am... This is the purge is always January is always the purge for me. I just come back into my house. We were away and I'm like, we don't need any of these things. And we still have like a bucket of, you know, um, matchbox cars, you know, like what, what is this doing in the house anymore? And my kids have gotten much more. And I will say, like, speaking from the future. I feel like this is something I didn't really see coming. My kids have gotten very into my son makes Legos and puts my husband's put a bunch of shelves up where he displays them. And he wants his room perfect because he wants the Lego display. want the eye to go to the Lego display. He he wants to live in like the Metropolitan Museum of (laughs) Art, but the only art is his Lego displays. The art light is on the Lego shelves. Got it. And his brother's a bit messy, but I will say he's whipping the brother into shape because he's just constantly nagging him. Like, And then I got the brother some new bedding. He's into making his bed. Like The kids are actually into keeping some spaces. They're much so nicer, bored. Yeah. yeah. Which has been helping me. And it's not like having toddlers who are just like throwing stuff in every single direction.
1: Well, it's interesting because I know Sarah in real life, and when she says that she's getting rid of everything in their house, we haven't touched in the past two years. They've only lived in this house for the past two years. They just moved, and it's very interesting to me. But her kids are three and six, I think. So... That's the thing. After two years, if your kids are three and six, you're in a different, completely different stage of your life than one and four. And then, as you say, like, all of a sudden, your youngest is nine. And do I really need these Hot Wheels everywhere? Maybe, maybe not, right? I, two I feel like years that is a very good test. I
0: recently did my shoes. And, you know, I have a bunch of shoes that like, I used to love when I was, you know, I keep, shoes forever so like am I gonna wear the like hot six inch heel boots like probably not me some of that stuff I keep because I'm like who knows but the ones that have to go are the like I thought these were a good idea they've never really fit me comfortably and I'm holding on to them because I feel bad that I bought them those have to go I have someone else's treasure I have a
1: high pair of high heel boots that I've never worn. Like actually, like I know I've never actually put them on because they're a little too tight on my feet. But I keep thinking one of these nights. And I live in New York City, so you kind of need shoes that are comfortable because you're, you know, you're not walking out to your car. You're walking to the subway station or you, know, whatever. But I'm telling myself that one of these days I won't have that far to walk
0: and I'll wear these shoes that are actually too small. Get, and make them someone else's treasure. Someone else will love them. And yeah. we do. I like buy nothing, and I like. Um, Echo cycle and all that stuff because it makes me feel better than throwing it in the garbage, but it's someone else's treasure. Oh,
1: here's here's the problem with throwing stuff out, going through stuff. So my spouse, God bless my spouse, he has the inability to get rid of anything of someone who lived through the Great Depression. Although he is not somebody who lived through the Great Depression, like where I, I don't know, I don't know where this came from. His grandparents did whatever. He cannot. Get rid of stuff. He wants to get rid of stuff. In other words, he wants to get it out of his closet, but he isn't sure that it shouldn't exist. So he'll, he'll say, well, these are, these will be knocking around clothes. He calls it now again, like acting like he's like a little rascal from the aughts. Yeah. These are knocking around clothes. I'm like, you don't need knocking around clothes. Like, the knocking around clothes are actual... And you have plenty. Like, rag bag. Right. And then these clothes get given to the Goodwill. These clothes are so bad. Don't even give them to the thrift shop to actually throw them away because they have holes in them. But he will do... He sneaks stuff into my son's closets. Oh, stuff that he, like, doesn't old. fit him. He doesn't want. A little of this. A little of that. The collar's a little big in the shirt. But I'll just go hang them in my son's closet because he's not able to face the... Into the void, like putting it in a grocery bag. I don't know why, and so it ends up. And then my my son will come home from college and be like, "What is this stuff in my closet?" And we just have to like put
0: it away when we put it in the in the. Uh, goodwill bag when my husband's not Yeah, loving. that's what you got a secret in a way. Jenna says, and I like this, my mantra for the year, burn the candle, wear the diamonds, order the venti. I realized I was, quote, saving, unquote, clothing items and candles for some special time. Well, two years into zero social events, and I'm ready to partake in small pleasures and luxuries just for me.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. It's I have another thing that's saving me right now. It's fun. This reminds me. Brooklyn Candle Company, great Really nice candles that burn really well. They have a Palo Santo scent. I'll put the link in the show notes. I love this candle. And it costs like $35. And I burn it all the time when I'm stuck at home. And it makes me, it absolutely improves my happiness like 25% when
0: I have this candle lit. Because it smells good. Yeah. Smells are a very important sense. Mm -hmm. I um, The last couple of days I've been feeling crabby and just kind of stuck. And I made a pot roast in the crock pot. And then I roasted a chicken yesterday and it lifts my mood to have good, savory smells coming out of the kitchen. See, I kind of forget about that—that that you can cook something that would smell good. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I think I'll buy another candle. Brownies, whatever. <laughs> the thing, i don't do candles. I'm a scent. I have scent. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, candles give me a headache, so I don't do. But wait, are they? Scents. But like, are like the crappy ones. Like, I've like never a, found one yet that didn't make me feel bad. That didn't make you feel bad. no. Like All a right. like a scent. It, it's it's not for me. But I do like oh. a like a roast going in the oven. Some cookies, whatever. Whatever's easy. You could just put
1: some little apple cider in the on the stove with like some cinnamon sticks thrown in there and you'd feel like... I could,
0: Amy. I could, could do, do that. that so Haven't done it yet, but juice I could. Joy. Hashtag juice joy. We'll be back with even more <laughs> small things.
1: Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers.
0: fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to Lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E.
1: Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen,
0: for sponsoring this episode. Amy, how do you feel about date nights? Nicole Um, says... Let me hear about it. Yes. I didn't really give you a chance to answer. I was like, how do you feel about date nights? Here's what Nicole thinks about them. But let me lay this on you. Yeah. To me, date nights
1: sound like, okay, like, oh, work. I should do a date night. And plus, who's going anywhere? Wah, wah. That's my.
0: That's my gut reaction. What does Nicole have to say? She says her husband and she have been doing Saturday night date nights almost every week for a year now. We feed the kids smoothies and pancakes every week and put them to bed at the strike of seven and then get takeout or make ourselves something yummy to eat that the kids wouldn't like. We watch a movie. I work on a cross stitch project and leave my phone upstairs so I'm not doom scrolling while watching TV It's nice to look forward to. It gives me something fun to research and plan during the week.
2: I love
1: this. I love the idea of leaving your phone upstairs. Just last night, my husband was watching football on the couch. And I thought, I'm going to get my book and go downstairs. I'm going to leave my laptop and phone. And then he started chatting with me while I'm reading my book. And of course, 10 minutes later, I'm like, fine. And I go get my laptop because he was asking me, like, do you know what day X kids, you know, fall break starts or whatever? So I had to go get my laptop. But but I like this notion of... Now is non-screen time where I'm actually going to be with my spouse doing something that doesn't involve (laughs) scrolling my
0: phone. I took your advice, which was someone else's advice, which was I didn't even take Twitter off my phone, but like replacing the phone with really worked Uh for me mentally. And I have decided... Last year, I probably read 10 books and a good year in the olden days. I would read 50 books a year. No problem. No questions asked. Maybe more. Yes. Yes. And last year, I probably read 10 and I've decided. And again, it's January. You know, I mean, it's not exactly like I'm way into this, but I have had a book going and I've read three books since the new year. Wow. I mean, I'm counting Christmas break. So not, you know, since Christmas, let's say. And... um. I'm feeling really good about it. it. It It's like when I go to reach for my phone to just scroll people yelling at each other and Twitter about the pandemic, I just grab my Kindle instead. And I, I'm i reading really dopey books. You know, I, I, I'm reading light. I'm not reading deep. I'm not learning. I'm just reading like, you know, the last time he ever saw her or <laughs> whatever. You know, there are like a million thrillers that are just like, husband disappears, wife disappears, someone's gone, you know, and it's making me happy. And it's also getting my feet back under me because I think I'm going to tackle the Jonathan Franzen. I loved the corrections. I loved that Uh, book. And he has a new book called Crossroads that I keep hearing people talk about. And it's making me feel ready to tackle it. Last year, when people were talking about it, I was like, read a novel by Jonathan yeah. Franz and absurd. Wah, wah. Don't be ridiculous. I had, I had the same fight with your sister actually
1: about Jonathan Franz and whether or not he was a good writer. So I won't take that up here. But uh. wow.
0: <laughs> Let's, as you know, everyone knows that my sister is working on a memoir called what fresh hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, crying behind the scenes because I stole Amy from her. Amy was my sister's friend. It's true. And so we better not poke the bear. Like, let's not bring up any more conflict with my sister because she's already very angry at us. I, I, uh... I've already poked
1: that bear this week. She said Nine Perfect Strangers was a really good show on Facebook, and nobody can tell me it's not. I'm like, oh
0: yes, I'm. I have a right to tell you it's a terrible show. I, I've also <laughs> everyone has told her that's why. All right, we better we better stop. I mean, what's not one small thing that's not making us happy is being murdered by my sister. So let's stop. I want to go back to the book though because my uh, spouse. Another thing he
1: does is he loves to like track his heart rate variability and his recovery rate. He, he uses a fitness wearable called a a Whoop. Whatever he's oh, gotten God. into reading before. Bed bed instead of even watching tv and stuff and he notices literally a change in his respiratory rate while he's sleeping how many breaths he takes in a minute which you want to be you know lowish and your heart recovery rate overnight is better when he reads before bed instead of watching tv
0: before bed i find it I always have trouble sleeping. I get, you know, I take too much stuff to help me sleep and then I'm worried I'm taking too much stuff to help me sleep. I do find I fall asleep much easier if I've been reading than if I've been scrolling my phone. Mm-hmm. Put it in your pen.
1: Yeah. My only problem is I need, to, I need to start the reading more than 30 seconds before I fall asleep. Like I get myself like 99.999% of sleep and then I open my book and I read like a paragraph. I need to roll that yeah. back.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. All this stuff is like, yeah, I should be doing that. But, you know, I kind of know it's out there. I should be, but maybe not. This isn't a should-do episode.
1: This is a like, right? If it helps. Take what you like and leave the rest. Some people like candles. Some people like books.
0: Like Liz says... Getting outside in the fresh air. Luckily, we live in the Pacific Northwest. Although rainy, it isn't usually cold. The brief winter weather has seemed like a treat for the last couple of weeks. I have a friend, it's been freezing in New York. And I have a friend who said, Do you want to take a walk? And I'm like, no, I don't want to take, I really don't. But yes, let's. Like, I know I should, you know? And I find that the idea of walking, I I don't like I love the winter to look at from my cozy spot, but I do not like, like, I'll put on my 47 layers. The one thing is we've had some snow and I remembered when it snows, I go out with the kids and they sled and make snowmen and I kind of stand walk around outside and I will say my sister got me as a gift, a zip on full body snowsuit. Like it's like a onesie, but it's like a toddler would snows- wear, like a toddler would wear. Like, do your legs go like when you want? They absolutely do. (laughs) But I didn't even realize how great it was because you can be like naked and then in the snow in the same minute, basically. You can go from like t-shirt and shorts to like, fully in the snow and warm you're like a superhero basically so, you just jump in it zip it up and there's a hood on it and then you're fully ready you just to put gloves on and you're done uh, let's all remember that you have a hot tub in your backyard so are you
1: saying you go right from hot tubbing in the nude to wearing your
0: <laughs> first of all <laughs> suit? i don't want a hot tub in the nude i don't know where you're you never nude i forgot idea. i forgot we've established i'm never though. nude i never i'm never naked So, no, that would never happen. And, no, I I don't think I would attempt to get in while wet. That seems like it would be a problem. I was just imagining how sensual it would be. (laughs) You know how if you have to go out in the snow, you're like, i got to find my snow pants, pull them on. They're too tight. Uh, Where's my jacket? Uh." This is just like, it's like being a baby. You're just like, I'm all dressed in my suitie suit. I love it. I love walking in a winter wonderland. But if it gets below, like, 20, then I'll just be like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I think maybe that's what I have to remember. It's like, it's fine to not want to walk outside when it's nine degrees. Yeah. That's fine. That's reasonable. That doesn't make me a bad person. Kristen I says, that. I love this dynamic duo. Puzzle plus podcast. Put the headphones on, enjoy an episode and work away at something fun. I love puzzles. You do puzzles, right? I, I mean, this is my reaction to a lot of this list. I've tried it. I've done it. Like we are. We got so burnt on puzzles. Yeah. We were puzzling like maniacs. My husband and I love a puzzle. But we both have the puzzling problem that we like can't go to sleep if it's not done. Like I'll get back out of bed at 11 o'clock at night and be like, I think I can finish that corner. We're, We're maniacs. They do sort of have this animating force over you at some point, don't they? Like you they, just I know exactly what you mean, I can't. they do. They take over my life. Yeah. And so I've been on a puzzle break, but we might do a little more puzzling. The, the puzzle time for us is like the weekends. Because, you know, during the day, I work until three. I pick up the kids from school, and then it, I'm making dinner. Like, I don't have a lot of downtime, but mm-hmm. the good, the quiet Sunday is a good, it's a good time to puzzle with a gentle... uh with a gentle snow falling outside, that does sound nice. And my fireplace going? I could see it. Kristen also says, on a side note, I used to put my puzzle table
1: away for Christmas and other gatherings to make more space. Not this year. Why should mom's hobby be packed up to make things more comfortable for others? Moms do need a space of their own. You go, Kristen.
0: You go. <laughs> Leave that puzzle where it is. Uh, speaking of podcast, Amy, Jamie says listening to the What Fresh Hell podcast while on a walk outside with a toddler in a stroller. 100% my saving grace last winter, and I hope to keep it up this year. Oh, that's so great. Thanks, Jamie. Gretchen says AirPods, listening to podcasts or audiobooks while cleaning, child caring, food prep cleanup. I'm huge on having something in my ears when I'm making dinner or otherwise. It just helps me stay alone even when the kids are in the house. Tell us one podcast besides what Fresh Hub podcast that you enjoy that's getting you through right now. I'm obsessed with the podcast maintenance phase. They do not need a shout out because they're, they're no. one of the most popular um, podcasts on earth, but I love it. But they're um, I, I Not for everybody. To, I, I listen to it too. And I just had my husband listen to one and he's like, I don't know. It's not for me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing's for everyone. everybody. Right. Nothing's for everybody. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's the one I would shout out this week. And then the other thing I will say, speaking of my reading, is I have a new system. It's a little indulgent. I get a book on the Kindle and I also get an audiobook and then I switch back and forth. Oh, that's interesting. So I'll like read if I'm up to like chapter four, then when I get in the car, I'll turn on chapter four, five and six and then you have to sync it up, which takes a little bit of time. But I find it helps me get through books much more easily. Uh, that is that I've never thought about doing read a couple chapters, then listen to a chapter in the shower, then read a couple chapters. Someday someone's going to figure out how you can sync them so that you can link them so that you can really do it. I have to do it manually. And sometimes I try to stop at a chapter and then it's easy to select a new chapter. But if I stopped in the middle of something, it's it can be hard to sync it up. This
1: is a good tip too. Um, one of my kids started doing it and still does. A book, I forget what book that it was. It was Hamlet or something. Something that like I'm reading this, but I'm not really getting it. And so I suggested that they get the audio book and listen while they read it. And still mm-hmm. doing that, still doing that for most things that they have to read for English class, doing both at the same time.
0: Yeah, I've been doing that with my kids too. Really helpful. Uh, Sylvia has one more shout out for What Fresh Hell, so let's go Come for on, it, Sylvia. Amy. Uh, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. I used to listen to every episode of all of them, but now it's all What Fresh Hell. Since the pandemic, I find my interest level in certain things has changed. For example, I can't consume heavy or dark content anymore. Other podcasts, I skim and see what the topic is. I often don't listen. For some reason, I feel jaded and critical of certain hosts. But with What Fresh Hell, I always listen regardless of the topic. And it always fills my parenting cup. Thanks, Sylvia. That's what we're trying to do. And I will say, Stacey Haynes talks about plan C and things that are not now. And this is something that I've had to work on with myself a little bit during the pandemic. Like, okay, this dark book about the Irish potato famine that I heard was really good. It's a not now. I'm not going to read that during a pandemic winter. Like, no. And I think knowing what your not nows are and using the phrase not now as opposed to like, I failed. I'm only reading like horrible, you know, goofy mystery stories. It's fine. Fine. I'm reading. It's a win. Don't don't steal your wins. The TV show that's getting me through right now is Station Eleven on HBO Max. Really, really good Did show. you read the book? No, I did not read the book. Read the book first, people. It's so good. I just gave it to my husband for Christmas. He has to read it before I'll let him watch it. I'm like his mom.
1: I'm enjoying it, but it's not for
0: everyone because it's
1: a, a, sort of a post-apocalyptic uh, story. Right, it starts that with that the pandemic, in. but it starts with an right. It, it's apocalyptic yeah. and then it's post-apocalyptic. So it's a it was rather more. I'm watching it with my kids who are all teenagers, so it's not like it was inappropriate necessarily. But it was like, oh, everybody's about to die of this horrible thing. I thought I thought we were going to start after this part. No, we're starting in this part. Hmm, I might not have started it if I knew that. But I will say that. Uh, it is a great show. and And getting through that if your kids are older or this
0: is like a date night show without the kids, it's um it's a great show, also a fantastic book if you're looking for a book to read, Station Eleven loved it. Um Kim says, and I like this. I've been a little bit on this page decorations. I've been decorating our kitchen table. I switch it up for holidays or seasons. It's something just for me and I enjoy looking at it. I've been working with this idea of like, I have a kitchen where all of my appliances are red. Everything in the kitchen is red. Like if you give me a yellow spoon, I'm throwing it away. Everything in my kitchen is red. And my husband laughs at me and people goof on me, but I like to all my appliances are red. It's a red kitchen. I bought a microwave. It doesn't really work well, but it's red. I want a red kitchen. If it's out, then then it, it should look like intentional. You're it, it makes something. It makes something nice. Make it nice. Make it. We make it nice. <laughs> but I do. I like my red kitchen. I like my Christmas decorations. I like having my Christmas decorations down as well. Right now, I'm really enjoying like the clean where all the Christmas decorations used to be. But I think if something cheers you up, lean in at this point. I walked
1: outside our apartment building right after uh, New Year's, like maybe like January 3rd or whatever that Monday was. And the superintendent of our apartment building was like winding the Christmas lights. We had these bushes Mm -hmm. outside. And... They, they weren't like red and green. They didn't like say ho, ho, ho when you walked by. They just were white, pretty white lights. And he was taking them down. I was like, what are you doing? And he said, well, it's January. And I really thought like, if we couldn't, we have left those up this year. I needed
0: those pretty lights. Amy, do I have something for you after the break? Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... And now, an ode to the small things that are saving us right now. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Coffee.
1: Dearest coffee, as I sit alone in the dark of morning, waiting for my child to come downstairs and yell at me because somehow it's my fault that he forgot to charge his laptop for school, I cradle you. You never yell,
0: coffee. You're warm and silent and perfect. I love you. My heating pad. Everything's a mess, and making literally any decision sends me into a spiral of panic and despair. But at least my butt cheeks are warm when I sit on you, heating pad. Your rule. Law & Order reruns. In these
1: turbulent times where everything seems up in the air, one thing is certain. I have already seen this episode of Law & Order seven times, and yet I will watch it again. And that will be wonderful.
0: Exercise. Listen, Exercise, I know you are the one for me. We belong together. You can tell I mean it because almost every day I put on exercise clothes, hoping that we will meet at some point during the day. I don't always remember you, Exercise, but I care. And I know that you are always there waiting for me in the corner in the form of a treadmill covered in wet towels. Rocking in place, shouting into the void, and ill-advised snacking.
1: Hey, guys, you might not be the best choices when things are bad, but some days you are
0: my choices. Thanks for always being there. This has been an ode to the small things that are saving us right now. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, you were saying Christmas lights and you are not alone. At least five people commented Angela says, currently trying to figure out how to keep up Christmas lights. I hate taking them down. I need and want that pretty glow. Megan says, Christmas lights? Don't know what I'm going to do when we take them down. Emily says, right now it's Christmas lights. And Renee says the white Christmas lights my neighbors still have up when it's dark and cold out. I'm so tired from the day of kids and work. Then I drive into our subdivision and see the white lights against the snow. And it's so beautiful and peaceful to me. These neighbors usually leave them up through January, but I've thought of leaving them a 20 and asking if they will keep them up through February this year. <laughs> can we just can
1: can like can somebody make a statement? Can the CDC come out and say we recommend everybody keep up their Christmas
0: lights? Yeah. At least Let's February start. Here? Let's be part of the solution. Guys. Right. Leave your Christmas lights up. Yeah, We have a new system because we found this a while ago that we hated when the Christmas lights came down. It was still really dark. So we have lights that go over the doors of our garage. And then my husband spells out ho, ho, ho at the end. And (laughs) he just unwrangles the ho, ho, ho. But the rest we just call winter lights. We're like, leave up the winter lights, but take down the ho, ho, ho. Yes. I mean, the idea that there's sort of like some arbitrary expiration
1: date for something so pretty and so simple. Is so silly, right?
0: Yeah. And it's still really, really dark. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point of the lights is to chase the darkness. So, like, don't take them down. Yeah. Um, Amy, we have some Spelling Bee fans. We have some Wordle fans. Oh my We're gosh. talking about online gaming. Are you a Wordler?
1: Not only am I not a Wordle fan, I mean, I probably love it, but I have never... I'm a big Twitter person. I have it off my phone. I still am sometimes looking at it on my desktop, but not using it on my phone. But Wordle is the word that made me figure out how to mute something on Twitter. Like I I got through I've gotten through the past 5 years of our political discourse, but the one word you did, that I muted. I, I'm thinking of all the Wordle. words you
0: didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, everything but was well with was me, a bridge but too I, far. I don't
1: want to hear one more person on social media be like, I did Wordle today and here's a picture of something you won't understand.
0: Um, you're dead to me. I love Wordle. I'm a Wordle. I might Twitter do it. I don't want to hear person. about it. You've blocked me. <laughs> no Wordle. And and be careful. I'm going to tell you. There's a million fake Wordles out there. You have to go online, Google Wordle, and then it has a really strange link. We'll link to it in the show notes because okay. we, I don't want you like a lot of people falling like off-market for fake Wordle? Wordles. Yeah, off market Wordles. All right. And the great thing about Wordle is it's only once a day. So it's not like it sucks you into the vortex. You have one chance, one puzzle. You solve it or you don't. It's fun. And, is it, and, oh, I guess as I was
1: going to say, is it like a puzzle that you're like, oh, I can't stop thinking about it, but it's more. No, it, it has it's beginning, just like, middle, like a little
0: end. bite of it's like a starburst. It's like a little bite okay. of fun. All right. Yeah. Couldn't recommend it more. Um, Kylie says she's baking, baking Saturdays. We try to bake something sweet every Saturday to last throughout the week. Wow. It's got a lot of the things we like. It's got good smells. It's got something to look forward to. And then it's the gift that keeps on giving. You've got something nice to eat. I'm like a Christmas
1: cookie, like cuckoo, like flurry baker of Christmas
0: activity. And then I don't do it the whole rest of the year. And I don't know why that is. Uh, My problem is that I have no self-control. So we got really into our... Everyone else was doing bread. Our recipe of the pandemic was chocolate chip scones. Kind of a weird thing, but... I used to, there was a bakery in LA that was near my house, but it was only near my house. It was only like, if you've ever lived in LA, like you don't go anywhere, you don't have to go. It's a lot of traffic. So if I had to drive West for any reason, which I rarely had to do for my house, I would pass this French bakery that made the most amazing chocolate chip scones. So it wasn't the kind of thing I would never drive there independently, but if I had to drive West, I'd be like, bummer, I have to drive West. But the good news is I'm going to get a chocolate chip scone. And so, ever since I moved back from LA, I get a craving for them. And I was like, they can't be that hard to make. And indeed, they are fairly hard to make. They're not hard to make, but they're hard to make them come out. They're hard really to make young. delicious, right? The funny thing about
1: scones is, I used to get those. Like, if you went to a Starbucks or something, I'd get a scone. I wouldn't get the blueberry muffin. I'd get the scone because it was just that little bit like more crumbly and less delicious that I thought I was being. I don't know. <laughs> it was, That's hilarious. I was no bang myself. They're no. definitely once the calorie counts went up in Starbucks like to my You were like
0: horror. Wow. I've been punishing The chocolate chip scones. scone has like 650 calories. Yeah, it's like you're good for the day. Now you've hit on my problem with baking. Like I, we would make chocolate chip scones. I would say 40% of the time they t- came out terrible, but the 60% of the time they came out well, we would I would eat like six scones. I mean, my problem is I, I don't do the thing of like let me bake something yummy and then savor it all week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a <laughs> tummy about this I'm like a goldfish. Oh, all yeah. week. I'm like, those scones came out good. I guess I'll eat until I (laughs) am dying and crying and cursing the word scone to the heavens. That's the only way I can function.
1: Christy Um, says her new sheets are bringing her joy. They're off the charts amazing and everybody needs to have them. We got them for Christmas and they bring me so much joy. It's ridiculous.
0: I like a good pair of of sheets. A set of sheets, I should say. I... Recently, on A Room of Our Own, I was talking about, uh, I recently got a set of sheets that is only for me. It's a specific, uh, I mean, it's for my husband too, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess I can don't have just make too. half the bed. <laughs> but I just mean like, I was so tired of having like a dotted, you know, fitted sheet and then like a Marvel top sheet because that's all I could find and the unmatched bed, it was bothering me. So I just got one set of sheets and then I don't even really rotate them. I just take them off, I wash them, and I put them back on. Um, Target has this brand,
1: Casaluna, I think it's called, of of like soft linen sheets that I love. They're not that expensive, and mm. they they make you happy to get under the covers, right? And that's that's what I need right now. I need sheets that make me
0: excited when it's bedtime because I'm going to be cozy. I like fancy sheets, but here's a little known fact about me, Amy. I don't interact with sheets. I sleep on top of the bed with a comforter. That's the only way I'm comfortable. You sleep on top of the bed, so you sleep on top of the of the like bedspread with a comforter on top of you. Correct. I don't like sheets. I don't like the sensation of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you it's put them strange. on your bed. I mean, you have to have sheets on the bed, otherwise you're an animal. You but could just like, have yes. a fitted sheet, which I also don't agree with, but you could just
1: go halfway, I guess.
0: No, I mean I don't agree. It should and then my husband likes sheets. So, okay, so my is- side of the bed, but I'm on top of the com- I'm on top of the quilt. So it's fitted sheet, sheet, quilt, comforter. Right. Comforter with a with a duvet cover over it? Correct. Okay. Of course. I sleep on top of the quilt, but he's under the quilt and under the sheets. We're like in two different beds, basically.
1: <clears throat> so you got a special set of sheets that are just for you, except he's the only one actually. Correct. I don't either. care
0: what the sheets for all I know, the sheets could be made of burlap. I don't care. I don't interact with the sheets, but, but I match. like them to look nice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It calms me if they match. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have I a, uh, we were talking about something that I have about food or something else. And, um, my a friend of the family we were having drinks with in the before times patted my husband, David, on the shoulder. And it's like, it's a lot with her. huh It's a lot with her. <laughs> it's always it's a true. thing and a thing. <laughs> I got a lot going on. I got a lot of theories about food and sheets and pens. Like I have a lot. It's a lot with me. Um, Tiana, speaking of a place of our own, says, I moved a small table into my bedroom to see if I like having a desk in there. Instead of using the family desk in our family room with the computer, I wanted my own space where I could close the door and work study without the kids bugging me. So I guess spending time in my own room, more getting things done and hanging out with my husband has just been such a good idea. I'm sad I didn't think of it two years ago. Please listen to our episode called a room of our own uh-huh. because it's all about this. We have, we really learned this lesson and it was such a good one. Like, take your space. Own your space and don't let your space become as mine did like, oh, it's next to the hot tub. Therefore, like I have wet towels on my work and that's fine. Like I moved my space in my bedroom and now nobody bothers me in here. And all
1: of us after the pandemic, I think, can identify with that your your need for dedicated space and quiet and can't be disturbed had to come um, after your spouse and each of your children who Zoom school from home like you're stuck at one corner of the kitchen table because everybody else has to have a, a room with a door that closes and you know whatever whatever it is that each of us Margaret and I found ourselves in that situation and after doing this episode claimed a little bit more space for ourselves and it helps it really helps
0: Yeah and I also have claimed it in terms of like a lot of family meetings where I just keep saying hey I'm not the maid. I, I, it is not acceptable for you to walk in and drop a coat on the floor and then everything you touch and use. And I've been really enforcing that in the new year and we'll see how well it lasts. Like it's not a solution, but I've been really, especially as my kids get older, underscoring to them that like we all share this space and you coming in and just <laughs> defiling this space with your... Wrappers and your drink glasses and your clothes everywhere. It's really not okay. Uh, it's unacceptable to me and you must stop. And how do they react? I'm just curious in the family meeting. Um, They're like, I know, I know, Mm -hmm. I know. And I finally in the family meeting this week said to my one of my kids, I'm really tired of like you saying, I'm sorry. Every time you do this, you're not sorry. I'm going to help you work on it. And it's we've talked about it. It's scaffolding. And it's saying like, I am a whirling dervish myself. Listen, if you saw my bathroom right now, you'd be like, who are you talking to anybody else about not leaving stuff everywhere? But. I now when he leaves the kitchen every time I say go back in and make sure it looks like you haven't been in there and like we're working on it and we're kind of again based on advice we've gotten I'm trying to like recruit them onto the team of like let's make this space we live in a little bit more pleasant and like they're not like yes mother dearest I would love to help but I think by reinforcing it a lot and really putting in in their way that, like, you can't do this, it's getting a little bit better. It's not perfect, Amy, but it's getting a little bit better.
1: I do like this I'm, idea about the family meeting. And we've talked about it in a, in a couple of recent episodes, um, including with Megan Leahy, that having the family meeting once a week where you sort of say, hey, this is the problem. And what do you guys think we should do about it? And letting your kids brainstorm about the solution. Maybe we need a, a, a bin for shoes where we walk in, whatever it is, is better than you Yelling about it in the moment, where it's just easier to tune you out. I
0: think it sometimes sounds a little tweet tweet, like let's all approach the project together. And my, my, but it actually works. Listen, it's the only thing that works. It's it's the, the the thing about this whole Plan B and this sort of collaborative problem
1: solving is that you you think you know what the answer is. For the example of like, why does your kid always have dishes in their room? Right and. And they're doing it to drive you nuts, and they're doing it because they have no respect for you, and they're doing it for right. You, you have your story ready, and then when you really ask them, well, how do you think we should fix this? They'll
0: they have something. They'll
1: have something to say, or they'll at least bring to your attention, like I only have eighteen minutes for lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They'll, they'll they will contribute an answer that's more useful than you walking in knowing what the answer is. What do you think? Agree.
0: Amy, I want to finish with Kristen. This was a really different take on this that I, it it touched me and I wanted to finish with it. Kristen says, deciding not to rush and take time to really see people and interact while out in the world, even if that's not happening Often helping an older person reach things uh, in the grocery store, asking the cashier how their day is going, smiling and waving at strangers, expressing larger gratitude to those that let me buy or give me the right of way in grocery stores or parking lots. My husband is in Beijing for two months for the Olympics, and I'm having a lot of anxiety about that. And the kids back at school expressing increased intentional kindness and gratitude has been helping me. And I think it's a very, it's a small, but it's a nice kind of shift of mind. Like maybe being kinder to others will help me feel better throughout the day.
1: I love this. This is this is really kind of blowing me away. I'm sitting here thinking about this because definitely I, I, I think I feel in this moment like, oh, nothing's going right. Let me just put my hood up and sort of protect myself from this prickly world instead yes. of trying to, you know, trying to change it a little bit. Uh, That's
0: exactly what struck me about it. And I think also I find that the other version of this for me is like leaning in a little bit with my kids. Like I, I'm tending to pick them up and being like, because oh, they, they've had a hard day and things at school are really hard and fraud. And then, you know, oh, my kids and then my, my God knows my husband walks in and I'm like, what does this dude want? You know, it's like everybody <laughs> you- I'm approaching everybody with this like kind of golemish, you know, Uh, not niceness and the idea that like taking the time to like take a minute and take a deep breath before my kids get into the car and be like, oh my God, it's great to see you. Give me a high five. How's it going? Let's, you know, what sounds really good for dinner and just trying to change my own energy. And this is very tweet tweet, but like trying to change my own Making the world I want by creating it in small moments seems to me like advice that never fails. That's, yeah. I guess, what I would say. Yeah, it's well said. Hard, hard to do, but worth
1: trying. We uh, crowdsource this episode, like we always do, from our Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash group slash whatfreshhellcast. 5,000
0: strong. It's such a great community. Please join us if you're not already there. We would love to see you there and keep up the small things, people. Yeah. And hopefully that's how we're going to get through this thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.
3: Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,